0: that's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. group void word prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Lob talk radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. The drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La de da dee, la de da da Charleston was once the rage, uh-huh. History has turned a page, on uh-huh. The man the current thing, uh-huh. speed goes on, the beat goes on The drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain La-da-da-da-dee, la-da-da-da-da The grocery store's a suit Uh-huh. And men still keep on marching up to war. Electrically, they keep a baseball store. And the beat goes on. The beat goes on. She pounded a rhythm to the brain La-da-da-da-dee La-da-da-da-da Grandma's sitting in chairs and rim on this. Boys keep chasing girls to get a kiss Cars keep up going fast all the time. Bums still cried, hey buddy, have you got a dime? And the beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da dada da, and the beat goes on Yes the beat goes on and the beat goes on and the beat goes on on the beat goes on and the beat goes on
3: and the beat goes on and on and on and uh, I think there couldn't be a more appropriate song to begin the show today. I'd like to welcome you all to a little thing that we'd like to call a cup of joe. That means it is 5 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. Today is the 17th of May 2017. And um, we got a big show, a really big shoe today. And um, I'm going to just get started. Uh, We got a lot of guests today. We have... uh, a war hero. We have Chris Lewandowski who uh, served active in the Marines for 10 years, um, spent a lot of time overseas and uh, in combat role. And as you can imagine, or if you can imagine, um, takes a tremendous toll on a human being to to witness and be part of uh, that kind of chaos. And um, He has discovered that cannabis has uh, been a miracle and has been able to uh, remove dozens and dozens of medications uh, that are supposed to keep him together, sane, well, and actually did quite the opposite, and Chris will be on very shortly. Um, We have uh, Kyle Catlin's going to be calling in from uh, Arizona State Prison, and uh, he's got a little presentation for us. Um, We have Craig Cecil be calling in from Federal Prison, Terre Haute, Indiana. And um, hopefully Michelle Button will be calling in and uh, giving an update on her case. we got Tom Corby, Galen Fisher, Lori Murphy, and a bunch of others that will be checking in with their updates. Um, People ask, you know, what's the human solution? What do you guys do? Um, And there's so many groups out there that... You know they're they are legislative groups their purpose in in existence is to uh reform things to change things through the law um There's a lot of groups that do that there's groups that raise money for this and that um there's there's a lot of different groups that are primarily trying to you know make make legislative changes uh what we've learned. In the human solution, though, is that it doesn't really matter what legislative changes have happened until we've made the big change, until we've federally changed things, until public sentiment is such that it is okay to possess, cultivate, transport, distribute the cannabis plant. And until that happens, um, it really doesn't matter what your law says, people are going to get busted. And the beat goes on. It happens every single place. In America and around the world, even places where there's legalization, even there are places where there's medical laws, um, it doesn't seem to matter. So what does matter is what do we do about it. And so um, while we're getting the board queued up and callers are calling in, uh, I want to give you a little history about Chris Lewandowski's case. This is an important case to us, the Human Solution International work not a cannabis group, we're a civil rights group. and We're about civil rights, and, and our mission initially uh, was very focused on cannabis and still is. We'll remain that way until prohibition is over, not until some silly little law gets passed, but until people actually stop going to prison for pot and until people actually stop getting prosecuted and charged and all the nightmares that come of it. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, not that funny, but somebody that I've known for many years, Um, You know, I keep my gate locked most of the time But I didn't lock it I had a little bungee cord on it And this person was going to be coming over I expected that he was coming over But uh, I walked into my house after being out in the yard And I saw a shadow at my front door And my heart started pounding And my dogs were barking And I was like, oh, fuck And then all of a sudden he puts his head up And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Do you realize what it's like for somebody who has had guns stuck in their head multiple times, been arrested multiple times, had your house torn apart, had your family terrorized by cops over this plant? Do you realize what that's like? No, you don't. So don't come into my yard without letting me know that you're going to be there right now. And I had to chase his ass off. It really, it troubled me that I still get so disturbed over this after, you know, hell, it's been... Seven years since I've been raided, or six years, something like that. Anyways, uh, these things stick. They stick, and the the terror of uh, being prosecuted and being raided and being arrested and charged and humiliated and dehumanized and all the things that happen, unfortunately, make a change. Um, So the human solution is dedicated to supporting the people that are going through these sorts of cases. We know what it's about the leadership in our organization um, has intimate knowledge of this, whether it's through their own experience or sitting in court for others, uh, listening to the testimony and the, the, the process. And, and uh, it's harrowing, every bit of it, all the way through it. It's scary, terrifying. Um, it affects not just you and your family, but everybody around you. It affects them typically in a fairly negative way. Um, so... I have a special spot in my heart personally for veterans. Um, I come from a family of veterans. I'm not a veteran, and unfortunately I think it's kept me from being let in uh, and helping veterans more than I could because I don't have that shared experience. I'm a warrior. I've stood up against the government, fought them for six years and won, but I've never been in the military, and I will die not being in the military. So, um, We've multiple times made an effort to uh, participate, reach out, and be part of military, uh, have a wing even of our organization for the veterans. And we can always get people to come together, but really haven't been able to get anybody to spearhead this branch of our organization. I I have hopes still that one day that will happen. But until it does, we will continue to support the military. I have a family that goes back in America to pre-Revolutionary War days, and I have members of every generation of my family that have served in the military um, in every conflict we've ever been in. Um, I'm not a supporter of war, but I'm a supporter of the defense of freedom, and I believe freedom is worth fighting for. And I believe that in many cases in our history, we did fight for it. And if we didn't, I don't think we would have it the way we do. Um, So anyways, I became aware of Chris Lewandowski's case uh, back in, I don't know, I guess it was September, October, September, I think. And uh, uh, through Matt Pappas and Chris, and we were talking about, you know, participating. What can we do? Chris had reached out to me and said, you know, i I want your organization's help. I want to participate. I'm willing to stand and fight. And uh, I realize that this isn't about me, but I'm the tip of the spear. And he said he's willing to stand up and, and, you know, take this to the mat, take it to the box, as it were, and realizing that there are veterans all over the country uh, that suffer from PTSD and various other injuries and ailments that are helped dramatically by cannabis whereas the pharmaceutical drugs that often are given can have quite the opposite effect and and turn into a uh, a, a, down, just a a terrible cycle of of cause and effect and more cause and more effect and and uh, it can cause mayhem and destruction in so many different ways and he understands that if we can get a victory here in a place like Oklahoma, where his case is at, where it's just so backwards, it's like a you know, it's like we're in Sharia law. It's 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 just unbelievable how backwards some places in America are, and that's where we're at. So the battleground is Oklahoma. Um, so initially, I, I believe there was a press release that was put out. So what I'm what I'm doing now is walking you through the human solution and some of the things that we do not certainly not everything that we do but some of the things that we can do for defendants and and their families and the, the cause in general so it was brought to my attention this story we we got a press release a story and we have a, a pretty good media team that was able to uh, uh, get this story out there broadly beyond just you know the facebook crowd and uh, i don't know i think we had over uh, 15,000 um, hits on that story at one point. It was a pretty significant um, um, broadcast that we got out there. Uh, Chris came on the, the radio show uh, a number of times. I think uh, probably no less than four or five times he's done this show and talked about his story, talked about um, the situation that, that brought it to, to, to pass and the ridiculousness of the facts of the case. Um then we there was a, a high times cannabis cup event and you know we've gone to these events many many times but frankly as a nonprofit um I found them to be less than productive most of the time there's you know a lot of people go into these to these shows to see the newest thing and and hang out with their buddies and you know get high and have some fun uh, they're not typically there to cause change in the political and social scenery. However, um, we brought a team together. We brought a pretty significant team together. And Chris came and joined us. And uh, Matt Pappas was there and some other veterans were there. There was actually a few veterans groups there. And we spent the day out there. Um, We had actually written up a letter. And at this time, Chris was looking to uh, rescind his plea deal and take this case to trial, which they didn't have to do. And so what we did is we put together uh, 100 letters. And um, we were getting people to sign the letters and actually address the envelopes. We had addressed to the judge, but um, they would write in their own personal uh, address so that it was a real letter, not just some form thing that was, you know, just stamped and and waved on through everybody put a lot of effort into this and we 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 took the whole day and 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 gathered these signatures in fact towards the end we were about 20 or so short my wife actually took the initiative and went out there and literally flagged people down until we got all of this all of the letters signed Uh, and then we got home and uh you know we put stamps on all the envelopes and took them down to the mailbox and made sure that they all got sent out um you know that's a that's a that's a significant event that we put together specifically for this. We also had sent a letter in on behalf of Craig Cecil, who's um, a prisoner that we've advocated for for many years. And then uh, in October, we uh, Mike Harris, who's a board member and uh, frequents the show. Sometimes he screens the calls. Uh, he's also one of the heads of our media team. Uh, he came out there with it with me and Matt Pappas and, uh, myself, and we went out to Oklahoma for this hearing. And, um, you know, we flew into Dallas and drove into Oklahoma and, uh, we're met there. Actually, I sponsored um, Mandy Thomas from our Midwest chapter to come in from Kansas and join us. And, um, we had people from kind of all over the place. We had a number of people from Kansas. We had some local advocates from Oklahoma. Um, we packed the courtroom. And as, you know, we brought our ribbons, and, and there was a lot of veterans that were there, and um, we made a difference. Uh, the judge was as reasonable as I would have ever imagined. Um It was really difficult, though, because we watched the case in front of Chris's was a a murder case, and it was a sentencing for a gruesome murder, and uh, we were able to watch what happened in this courtroom with the guy who had killed uh, a friend, a best friend, a lover, I guess, um, as it turned out to be, and the family and the, the devastation that it caused in this family, and... We were able to kind of watch how they sort of—I don't know—in my opinion, they sort of glossed over the whole thing, and they sort of um, were sort of friendly to the guy as he got a sentence as he deserved. But uh, when it came to to Chris, the prosecutor was uh, rabid; he was um, uh, hell bent on causing. tremendous more courtesy than they did Chris who was only accused of growing some plants Um, so I found that disturbing however the judge did note our letters and actually didn't appreciate them but he acknowledged them and you know it's not our job to make you like us it's our job to make change in the world and sometimes you might not like the fact that we're changing the world um, but at the end of the day, you cannot ignore us. And when uh, 100 people come together and write letters on behalf of anybody or anything, it will carry some weight and it will make a difference. Um, so then after that, uh, we came back and uh, the judge granted uh, the rescinding of the plea deal and we began pretrial motions. Um, came back and I met up, went made another trip out to Vegas, uh, I don't know, a month later or so, and met with attorney Michael Minardi, who's also been on the show, and he's actually sitting online right now. He'll be up as soon as I get done with this little uh, explanation. And um, Michael Minardi is out of Florida, and he's been doing a tremendous amount of work on the front of um, medical necessity defense, which is a powerful tool when applied properly, and it can... Uh, sort of be a veto to a state that has no protection it can sort of overturn you know a criminal act when there is a necessity for that act and many times he's been successful in several different states and really beginning to be renowned for this work and and hopefully uh, other attorneys are picking up on this and we're gaining ground on multiple multiple fronts as a result so we all met in Vegas, and we we you know talked about the next plan, and um, you know we realized that we needed to raise a bunch of money. And um, uh, while in Oklahoma, met with a number of different um, heads of organizations, and we all agreed we were going to work together. We were going to raise money together. We were going to organize different elements of support, uh, and we put together a couple of conference calls and got some. the people together but it's been a struggle uh, to bring organizations to work together I've struggled with this for many many years and I don't know what it is but um, it's it's more difficult than you would think to have multiple different organizations that believe in the same thing that want to make the same cause but to actually work together as a team is uh, very arduous very difficult task We've been less than successful at it, but every success is good, and, and we're here to talk about what we can and what we're doing. just want to bring the history of what the human Solutions has been doing through this whole thing. Um, and then, you know, as we were having these, organiza- these organizational calls, uh, you know, as an organization, we are a 501c3, so I offered our support in fundraising, and we talked about doing an auction and, um, you know, doing some fundraising efforts But as it happens, um, you know, being a defendant is one of the hardest things there is to be because in addition to your regular life, which is already disturbed in in so many ways because of the events that led up to it and the events themselves that that bring you to court, um, you're the one who still has to deal with all this stuff, including sick kids. I talked to Chris, you know, half an hour ago. He's at the Children's Hospital because his son uh, was just taken by ambulance from Hogue Hospital to the Children's Hospital because of a pneumonia that it's not getting better and he's now got blood sugar problems. So imagine um, having medical issues to, yourself to begin with, going through uh a jury trial that's about to start, um and then having, you know, a, a sick kid potentially very sick to deal with all at the same time. So it it's pretty difficult on a defendant to be able to hold it together and, and, and organize. And that's why I say, you know, it's really important if you're a defendant to get an advocate or two uh, that you can, you know, put out there to to take your thoughts and your words and your efforts and get them uh, to, to happen. So uh, I didn't hear anything from anybody for a few months. And then uh, just recently I found out uh, that, the trial is about to start, uh, May 30th, less than two weeks away, um, and uh, now we need to raise a ton of money, and um, it's it's this is this is what's going on here. Um, I think Craig is calling early today, so let me take this call real quick. Cause call. I'm not charge for this call.
4: This call is from. I can
3: an inmate
4: at a federal prison. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang
3: up. Hello, Craig. How are you doing today?
5: Hello, Joe. Well, we just had a thunderstorm here in uh, Terre Haute, Indiana, and I'm seeing something that most people can't envision. There's a big rainbow outside. (laughs) Oh,
3: really? A a, a rainbow visible from the inside of a... of a of a prison where people uh, serve long sentences for drug offenses.
5: Yes, and believe it or not, I'm looking at it through a set of bars, so it's probably a, vis- a
6: vision you've never had.
5: <laughs> no, I have
3: not. When every time I've been locked up, there were no windows in the places that I was at. So, um, on some level, I mean, at least you can see the outside. I can I can imagine. Uh, you know, what it's like not to be able to do that. You know, it's interesting, um, you know, you week after week we talk, and you, you're able to listen to some of the progress of some of the things that are happening. And, um, you know, the case in Oklahoma that we w- we've we been supporting for, you know, about six months now, uh, it's about ready to go to trial. And um, they were supposed to go to trial in September, but they've moved it up to, May 30th. And so now we're having a a big scramble to raise some money for, you know, his witnesses to get to to the trial and and uh, uh you know, it's a big scurry because the court decided to uh, bump up the the timeline. And uh so we're going to have uh Chris and and uh an advocate and then one of the attorneys is going to be on uh shortly. And then uh, remember, I told you we were working on that amicus curiae brief um, for the guy that's serving uh, state time in Arizona. We we got that uh, that filed, and uh, so I filed, I wrote and filed an amicus curiae brief um, with the Arizona Supreme Court, and that was kind of a uh, a milestone in our in our legal clinic.
5: Fantastic in a state Supreme Court, where, you know, state judges and state Supreme Court justices, you know, since they're generally elected or generally have terms, they're a lot more interested in, you know, what the public and just what people generally think.
3: Well, like that. that's, that's the thing.
5: Will
6: have a lot
3: of impact. Right. That's the thing with an amicus curiae is it's just a, it's a friend of the court saying that we're uh, a federally recognized organization, a civil rights group. And we've taken an interest in this case, and you know, we we don't have the ability to uh, you know legally represent anybody, but um, it gives us a, an opportunity to say, look, um, this is um, this is important enough for us to have taken the initiative to to, to go through and write this legal document, and. Submit it to you in the in the form that you'll look at, and and all you know the 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 thrust of it is is you know please revisit this. The the appellate court denied this guy, and you know it, it we really believe that you should take a look at it, and hopefully they will.
5: Fantastic. Like I say, those oh, in the state proceedings, those those briefs there are oh, really. They see us from people. That will make it into their discussions to say, hey, this interview that was brought right here, and it does, you know. So you're going to actually get into the negotiation between the judges,
3: and that's fantastic. Well, you know, as as we're finding fewer and fewer people really willing to get out there and fight their cases publicly, um, we want to shift our energy to something that can be productive you know we have a lot of members all over the country and in other countries that want to do something and i don't want to tell somebody that uh wants to help us you know in our effort to end prohibition that if there's nobody willing to go to court that you know there's not much we can do i'd say well you know let's create this self-help resource and you know create something that anybody anywhere uh can learn from and apply to their case or somebody that they know, and I think that that's kind of um gonna become our legacy as this thing plays out.
5: I agree, I agree, because you know that that's just another avenue to be heard and and there' you know you you can see a more immediate result in know uh, how you know how it affects that case,
3: well, you know, and there's a lot of things that it's not gonna be. Only this that we're able to do I mean there's all kinds of different motions and filings and uh you know creating a a a legal research um resource that people can access and not have to pay a bunch of fees for and and you know it, it's really going to be a, the the people's work, something that um, you know we're doing as volunteers to to create a resource for people who don't have a bunch of money that can't pay attorneys, um, you know, to do
7: this.
2: Yes, and and that goes
5: along with, as you know, I'm actually excited that uh, the U.S. Attorney, or the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, uh, you know, if he starts, for instance, the uh, marijuana trade in, Colorado and Washington, and you know the diverse trade in California. I think that would be such an impetus for all the different voices in uh, marijuana decriminalization to come together. That that, that's really the you know what what would bring everything to the fore, and you know that would bring money and commercials, and you know it's just so much efficacy.
3: But well, you it know actually
5: be a help to the cause.
3: I, I agree. It's it's kind of a, a chess move. Um but the truth is there's there's a lot of, of players in the game now that took their time to get in. Some of us have been doing this, you know, for thirty years and didn't do it because the law said we could or couldn't. But now, you know, there's Wall Street money in, in some of this stuff and they're gonna protect their investments any way they can, and if these people that have have gambled on the states that have passed legislation um, to participate in this uh, new market um, and all of a sudden there's federal pressure coming down uh, that'll jeopardize their holdings and their and their interests, uh, you can be sure that they're going to bring some uh, a legal army to to call this to task, and hopefully there will be some, you know, funding of organizations like ours that have historically supported those that didn't have the wherewithal to fight. Have you been uh,
5: able to develop a voice in Canada with their pending legislation
3: up there? Yeah, we do have a, a chapter in Manitoba, and they're actually very active, and so I um, they they come on the show from time to time, and um, yeah, we're in in direct contact with a number of people that are really on the front lines up there.
5: Fantastic, fantastic. And of course,
3: you know they they just had um, a huge series of raids uh, that swept across Canada, and they were uh, taking out virtually every pot shop that they. Had open out there, so you know. As many times, um, you know, on the face, there's been a forward motion, but in reality, many times it goes backwards. Well,
5: hopefully they can, you know, get hundred percent full of up there.
3: <laughs> well, there's some good folks that that really have some heart in the game. Um, I I really um, have a a real fondness for our our chapter and our members up, up north of the border, and um, you know, just some of the nicest folks in the world. But they're they're not afraid to work. They're not afraid to get out there and and uh, and march and 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 you know support each other. And uh, it, they they really do our organization proud. Fantastic. And as you've heard,
5: there's also been an announcement from the. Attorney General's office, that they're going to step up Getting gun prosecutions.
3: Oh. Yeah, isn't that special I, You know, I, um, I, I I'm curious to see The action, there's been a lot of words And, you know, I'd almost rather have a bunch of words And no actions Than the way, you know Under Obama's uh, reign There were positive words and still, plenty of negative actions. So, um, I, I I would rather um, I would rather you know have them scare us and not do anything than make us feel like we're going to be okay and still hammer us. You know, i sat in uh, several federal trials and um, convictions and and ten year plus sentences. Um, in the last eight years During Obama's reign And there was The Cole memo The Ogden memo the There was one other memo That all of these things Led people to believe That the feds Were going to back off And so people took action Because of it And those memos Were never allowed To be cited in the trial Because a memo Is not the law It's just the yapping words of some some US attorney and um that's you know that's the other side of the coin that we just don't ever uh I don't believe give enough credit um you know it's it's the actions that ultimately talk and you know let's see what actually happens um and if I think that if if we start getting raids and we start getting prosecutions on the federal side that we should start standing up you know, where are the giant protests when the case gets brought up? Where are the, where's the, the the nationwide outrage? Well, maybe maybe now that people are starting to get used to getting out there and marching, that we can add this to the things that they're willing to march for because these are genuine civil rights issues, these are genuine human rights issues, and I think that, you know, we have constitutional rights and they've just been stripped from us. Um, With these, you know Illegitimate laws in my book I I believe these laws are Really don't have, you know The the legislation Didn't have a right to Legislate a substance as being Illegal
6: Well I
5: think uh, We we got some proof, what Two Fridays ago That the federal government is hearing you Because two Fridays ago When they passed, and I believe it was on that date That uh, Trump signed the uh, continuing resolution for basically the budget for the rest of fiscal year 2017 until the end of September. But they did resurrect what was it, the a Bar Amendment. It was an amendment to a budget two years ago that said that uh, Department of Justice monies will not be spent to prosecute people for marijuana offenses where their action is otherwise legal under state law. Well, That position, from my understanding, is in the continuing resolution once again
3: As it should be and You know, it's so funny We keep watching our nation fall deeper and deeper into debt And, and I don't have the real numbers But I know that, you know, the, the torch has been passed to the right, to the left, to the right, to the left And the only thing that's really consistent with it is every, every year goes by, our debt gets higher It's never gone down, it just keeps going up And to think that we're spending tax dollars on uh, uh, prosecuting and investigating and uh, incarcerating people that have hurt no one is unconscionable, even if it's just from a fiscal point of view. How dare you spend our money on that when we're paying billions of dollars in interest on the BS money that we had to borrow to do that stuff the last time.
5: And on that note I'm looking over the balcony in a you know, in a federal prison here on uh, about hundred and thirty prisoners
6: and amongst
5: them about the only violent crime you'll find is some of them are bank robbers. But by and large, they're neighborhood rushing They're from the neighborhood, you know, basically throughout the Midwest, although, you know, people from all over the country. And most of them are neighborhood drug dealers. And really, you know, where's the, you know, where is the the victims of their crime? Where is, you know, the reason that we're spending just for my cell block that I'm looking at probably, you know, $30,000 a month of your tax dollars?
3: Well, I know this. I know that um, one of the federal prisons is about to get a worthy candidate or a worthy guest we have uh an la sheriff that just got uh, sentenced uh for corruption and and lying and bs stuff which was just the tip of the iceberg but he's going to be doing three years in uh, federal prison so i hope he has a splendid time over there well that was your second beep i think so you got seconds to go it's all you uh fuck, we lost him. All right, well, um, you know what? To anybody who has any questions about what we do and why we do it, Craig Cecil currently serving a life sentence in Terre Haute, Indiana, um, for pot. No priors, no victims, life sentence, no possibility of parole. Uh, that's not right. I don't care what your state says is okay. I don't care. What business you have, I don't care what business I have. Um, it's not right that people are serving prison terms for pot. It's just not right. All right, so we're going to move forward. Uh, we're blasting through time pretty quickly. Uh, we got Michael Minardi on right now, and Michael has been on the show um, multiple times before. Again, I've already given an introduction, so let's hear. Uh, he's going to be representing Chris, um, bringing forth the Medical Necessity Defense and uh, hopefully the court will allow this to be heard, and um, we've got a good shot at it. So, uh, Michael, welcome back to the show. It's been a while since we've talked. Um, How's everything going?
8: Actually, everything is ironic, and I've been listening for a little bit now, and more irony is that I am actually at the MMJ Business Conference in Washington, D.C. right now and spent a couple days (laughs) lobbying here. You know, with the NCIA, National Cannabis Industry Association, um, to try to change these laws across this country, including one of the pending legislation, which is veterans' rights and VA's rights to be able to recommend medical marijuana for our veterans that need this more than anyone else in the world, that have fought for our country, and that have put their lives on the line for our rights that we have here, our alleged freedoms, but that only applies if it's not counting about a fucking plant.
3: Isn't it true? Isn't it true? You know, you as an attorney have seen a lot of things that most people don't get to see. You know, you have uh, confidential conversations with defendants literally all over the country that um, in many cases are are just that, these pot cases, victimless cases, where uh, people are subject to losing their freedom for many, many years, losing property, losing uh, custody of children, losing um, jobs. I mean, the, the list goes on. The beat goes on. Um,
8: losing their life. Know, let's just say that losing everything literally. that they know in their life, everything that they've worked yeah. for, things that they've loved, things that they cherish. You know, you go to prison, you lose your children, you lose your wife. And Not necessarily lose them. Hopefully, they'll be supportive and there for you. But you lose their companionship. You lose their everyday, you know, sort of. Uh, I mean, support that so many people depend on and love. And, and the children. I mean, you know, and I know. Chris has children. I mean, you're going to really take this man, this veteran, who's done you know, multiple tours of duty for war, for our country, for our rights, and take him away from his children for using a plant. These people are absurd. They're insane. And hopefully we can go in there and show them what the people in this country believe, what the people in this country support, and these people and people like Chris Wright to be able to use medical cannabis for treatment
3: absolutely so um we had some some sort of sudden changes it would seem uh it looked like not too long ago we were we were looking at a few months be- before trial was going to start what caused uh, the dates to get bumped up so so abruptly
8: that is a a very good question um you know i'm not on the ground floor in oklahoma but my understanding when they went to court for the arraignment in april the judge was specifically of the issue that this case is old, it's been around for a while, we need to try it. We need to try it now. So we're scrambling, but it's okay. You know, I think that we Yeah, he um, was like
3: that when when they took the, the plea back, um this judge was already looking at it from that point of view. He 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 cited the the longevity of the case already at that point. Now we're six months beyond that. So um you know so we'll, so, so where are we at the, have you filed uh, uh anything to have the medical necessity brought into the trial
8: well you know that uh, i'm gonna have to confirm with that and i don't know exactly and maybe chris may know a little bit better i had sent and so you know as i'm a pro hoc vice attorney out of the state i don't actually do the filings as to what documents right. do get filed so i know that um That I had sent over a notice of intent to rely on medical necessity defense, a reciprocal discovery witness list, a CV of the doctor, one of the doctors that we have on board, and information over to um, the attorney that is, is handling the case in Oklahoma, and I believe that he has filed those documents to let them know. What we're doing, what we plan and and that we're coming after them, and we're not going to sit down, and you know, I commend Chris, you know not only has he had the strength to fight for this country to go to war, I mean, I would have never in a million years joined the military I'll be honest with you, and not that I don't support our country, not that I don't support you know everything that's going on, but um it, it's just not something that I would have done, but I respect the people that do uh, I'm not against that, and i I don't not support those people um just But, you know, the fact that he has to go through what he has to do now as a result of using a plant to treat a disease that he was – that was created by his service for us, by what was created for a war over potentially many people may say oil as opposed to life or liberty or anything of that nature. You know, this person, this man, this family man, this this, this husband – Uh, should not be have to go through this, the stress of this, you know, and I've been speaking to him over the past, you know, know, sort of off and on, you know, years since we met last November, you know, the stress that this causes on people is absolutely insane, unfair and ridiculous. And the only way that can stop is that if people like me and people like Chris and everybody who's listening, if they can donate or support us. And again, I'm telling you, I, my legal fees are not an issue for me. I'm not planning on taking them in our care. This is for getting doctors out there. This is for getting veterans out there to be able to support the cause and, and to be able to stand up beside Chris in court, behind Chris in court, and say, God damn it, we stood up and fought for this country. This man does not belong to believe, to, you know, deserve to be persecuted like this. And, and um, that's what I'm hoping that people will donate for. Again, this is not for me. You no, know, I'm not I'm not asking for any financial gain. The hotel cost would be great, but, you know, we need to bring in veterans and people. And that's what I've been doing here the past couple of days, honestly. I've been talking to people and letting them know about this story. I spoke to many representatives about this story, uh, Blumenhauer about it, and they support it. And um, I promise you, we are going to have support in that courtroom and say, hey, listen, I don't care if we're in Oklahoma. I don't care where we are. People do not deserve to be in prison for this.
3: That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, uh, I know that they've set up a fundraising page. uh, We were working on some fundraising early on, but um, between then and now we've changed our website, and our new website doesn't have yet the capacity to uh, uh, accept donations. So I know that um, they've set up a page that's running around all over Facebook right now, Um, and I know it's on our Human Solution pages. It's on the U C C A page. Um, so definitely we'll we'll bring attention to this throughout the show, but uh and
8: you know, this is something you know, I that do plan a, on you know, being in Colorado next week. Um David um, Don Hilliburton and doing a VIP event and a fundraiser for Chris in Colorado uh next oh, week and I plan on being out there on the twenty fourth to do that. Hey, I may lose you. I'm jumping in an elevator and I'll call you right back if I do, okay?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you drop off, we'll okay. just wait for you to come back. Yeah, that's
8: um, good, though. I've been preaching to everyone this week. Um, you know, the MMJ Business Conference, if people don't know, it's one of the biggest industry events in the cannabis industry in the country. Um, it's not actually the world. Let's just you say it right and you know and and then trying to get people on board and people to understand and support this issue in the business and understand that people like Chris are the people that we fight for the reason that we're in this business the reason that we do what we do
3: well you know i i i think that what really should happen are the heads of some of these businesses that are profiting from you know this same plant that he's being prosecuted for Uh, Should pony up. I mean, you know, you guys need eight thousand dollars or seven thousand, whatever the number is right now, to get all these people to court. You know, uh,
8: eight thousand dollars.
3: I think. There you go. Uh, Last I checked, I think there was twelve hundred raised, but I don't know uh, specific. But but nonetheless, you know, these companies that are that are literally uh, scooping up, you know, copious amounts of, of. of green money right now uh, as this industry is uh, developing and, and, and soaring in a lot of places, uh, it it would be nothing for them to do this. And imagine to be able to say, look, we stood up for this guy. What a boon it would be to their business. I mean, you know, hell, I would – I would advocate a business that did that. And I don't, you know, I don't have commercials on my show. <laughs> but I would, you know, give them a free a free shout, you know. And, and I, I really think that um, – I know that Matt was talking about uh, earlier in the year about having some businesses that were getting ready to donate. Uh, hopefully some of that's happening. Um, you know, the, the nickel and dime stuff, as we were doing, you know, has brought in a little bit. We've raised a couple of hundred across the time, but nothing – that anywhere near what we need to so i'm really hoping that uh you know some of those some of those folks that are benefiting from this very same plant that we're fighting for its freedom um you know are able to step up and make a name for themselves and uh you know uh do the right thing here all right i'm not sure i think we lost him so um i'm gonna bring up i
8: apologize um
3: oh oh no problem I, i
8: I mean, I, like I said, I'm at the MMJ Business Conference, you know, talking to people and stuff like that and trying to gain support for Chris. And um, So I was listening to everything there.
3: Oh, good, good. Well, we have uh, Matt Hill um, online, and we're going to bring him up next. Have you and Matt had a chance to speak?
8: Matt Gill? No, I'm sorry.
3: Matt, Matt Hill, one of uh, no. uh, Chris's good friends. Uh, I'm going to bring him up because apparently he's um, – very close with Chris, and um, Chris, I believe right now, is in the hospital with his son, uh, who's who's got complications from pneumonia, yeah. and hopefully i
6: will be able to
3: call. Um, Matt, you are live on the air with us, and uh, I've got Michael Minardi here as well, um, and this is Joe Grumbine with the Cup of Joe. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I know uh,
9: I, I think uh, to even speak for Chris and uh, – and maybe everybody else is that uh every time we hear somebody talk about that there's real people involved in this and that uh you know just like somebody wants to go get some
8: you know biloba, yeah, I we
9: you know we just want to go get our uh, our our gift from the earth and and move on with our life how we need it so uh his fight is
3: it's it's scary <laughs> Well, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, what, what is the, uh, what is your relationship with Chris? I, I, Chris was talking very highly about you and I, 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 I don't know, um, how you fit into Chris's, uh, team. So why don't you introduce yourself um, a little bit?
9: I have, uh, I, I was with Chris, uh, in the Marine Corps. Uh, we were in Camp Pendleton together in the, in the same unit, uh, uh, I guess at that time, I guess I would say I was more of a mentor. Uh, I don't like to, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we've gone to, you know, we've gone to war together. We've trained together. Uh, we lived, uh, at, at the time, of you know, the, the incident in June, uh, years ago, you know, we'd been living together for, and, and near each other for years. Um, uh, I don't know, uh, Those boys are are basically my
3: nephews. (laughs) Got it, got it. Well, so, um, you know, I know that uh, this is a a grueling experience for anybody, but especially, um, you know, a family, a young family with young children, um, I couldn't imagine. I went through a six-year battle, but my kids were grown up, and, you know, my grandkids were little, but um, my freedom wasn't. Going to impact you know if I had lost and if I had done prison time uh, it it would not have taken me away from my kids or my you know my 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 underage kids and um, you know that layer of of grief that this you know presents um, and still being willing to stand up and fight is important um, although I do know that I don't think the plea deal they had on the table was anything that um, he would have done prison time, even in a plea deal, the way I remember it. So um, they didn't give him uh, a whole lot of choice. There
9: was not many choices, and and no matter what it was, uh, he was offered, how do you, you know, in which manner do you want to spend time away from your family, you know, and for how long.
3: Um,
9: Right, right. In the end, in the end, I uh, I think the fight that I, I hear everybody talking about is that somebody like Chris, who you know he he got sent and and I led him and and you know he was my brother he was my he was my boy and you know we went to the depths of hell and back for this country and when he comes home and he struggles you know he's struggling with his family he's struggling with himself he. You know the the progression is, you know, war and PTSD. It is it's like sexual assault. You know, you're you're in the military and you go out to, uh, uh you know, Uncle Tom's or Uncle Fred's place every summer, and and he doesn't take you out to the tool shed and fuck you up every day. But every summer you got to go out there and, and, and know that at some point, you know, you, you're going to go out there and get abused and you're going to get some trauma. You come home and you just want to be a normal person and, and you you, you want to try to fit in. But everything in the world and, and now, you know, the courts and the law are telling him that he's wrong after, you know, just watching him take pill after pill coming out of, you know, the pharmacy on base. And he had a grocery sack full of, uh, uh, of, medicine, uh, you know, it, it just, and, and uh, to see him go from coming out with a handcart full of prescription pills and just being somebody that I had known for years and loved for years and seen him struggle so hard. He got pushed by a system into a certain direction. His struggle to come out of it was to innocently, you know, take on a project in his garage to to find something better, you know, a a, a plant, an herb that is ours to use. It, it it is a huge struggle in for all veterans to to see this, and we just want it to stop. We just want to come home and enjoy what god gave us out of the green earth you know
3: well i couldn't agree with you more um so as we're coming up you know getting closer to trial um you know one of the things that you know we encourage is uh to organize support i know um uh, i was working with uh um the guy from the weed for warriors project i know i, I think you guys um, went out and had a, a march out in D.C. not too long ago. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that we have I've, – I've been sort of out of the loop for the last few months, so I don't really know um, how the organizing has gone, but I'm, it sounds to me like we've got a lot of veterans uh, that, are, that are planning on attending. Do we have uh, at least a number of locals that in the worst-case scenario um, will still be able to pack the courthouse?
9: Um, we, we can fill the seats with, with enough local support. Um, uh, the support that we need, though, is that, you know, I look at my brother fighting this fight for, for all of us, for all Americans, all veterans, you know, all, you know, human rights. And and it just seems that as much as everybody has promised him the world in this fight, you know, the the floor keeps dropping out from underneath them. You know, so all I could ask is that all these, these efforts to, you know, raise some funds for a cause that we're talking about. But I'm tired of talk. My brother needs action. He is about to go away. I'm about to lose him. His family's about to lose him. I'm tired of talk. Please, people, find some action to, to change this for all of us so nobody has to see this again.
3: I couldn't agree more. And, I, and I, you know, as we, we've been working together now for, you know, since, September, I believe it was. Um, this is this is kind of the perfect storm case, and um, you know, there's there's been national coverage of this story. There's been um, you know, we had one of our members uh, write an article in High Times about this. It's gone uh, into some mainstream news. Um, uh, it's gone. You know, he's done he's done shows all across the country. Um, there's activist organizations that have, um, you know, visibly stood up in support. Um, this is a perfect storm to, to really make a real change. And, you know, now we're at that crunch time. This is the, you know, the time when it all, when it all comes together. I mean, I had pledges of thousands of dollars when we were in Oklahoma and I have yet to see. Any of it, so I'm I'm going to make a call out to all those people who said they were going to donate. Let's uh let's 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 let your money uh, or you know uh, put your money where your mouth is. I think that
9: put your money. You know these are these are.
3: Yeah, it's easy to to say.
9: Go ahead. My father has been a a medical user in Colorado for years. I I was originally born and raised there, and. All of these people are making so much goddamn money. Why can't they throw a little bit towards all the cases that will only make their business grow and let them share, you know, Sharon's Karen in the pot world, right? Share it. That's what they say. Help this brother out. Help this guy out who who is willing to take on this fight. He will sacrifice himself for his country. And for everybody that pledged him, do not deny this. This man is, such a good man, make good on your pledges because he will he will go down for what he has pledged to uh, to everybody out there.
3: Well, there you go. So I'm uh, you know hopefully Chris will be able to join us again. I know I talked to him just a few minutes before the show started um, from the Children's Hospital of Orange County, and I know uh, his son was going through some getting admitted. And he was having some difficulties, so I don't know if he's going to be able to make it. I believe next uh, week we have uh, we're going to open the show to veterans, and um, we're going to you know put a call out to veterans that have uh, experience, that have benefited from this plant, that have uh, you know hopefully we can rally some more support um, at, in next week's show, you know, for the same cause. But uh, I think you know again, it's something that. Uh, our organization, the Human Solution International, has always supported veterans and we 're uh trying to make that more of a um, a tangible thing a, a a branch we have dozens, if not hundreds of members uh that have served in the military and uh, uh, many times they come to me and say, "You know why don 't we do something and i I agree we need to do we need to we need to have something a little bit more formal. Um, as part of our organization, but it's going to take the veterans to do it because I'm not a veteran, and I I know that I don't get it. I I haven't been where you are. I haven't seen what you've seen. But I have been to trial, and I have been – I fought in the court system for six years, and I've been locked up, and I do know that. And I am a warrior, and I did stand and fight, and I did win when it all came down to it. And that's what this is about. This is about making a real change so that people – don't have to go through this, and and you know, unfortunately, it it takes the bloody tip of the spear to get uh, real action to happen. And I was that bloody tip a few years back, and today Chris is that bloody tip. And I think that we can thrust that spear deep into the enemy, and I think that we can uh, we can make the real changes that need to be made. And I think that this case can do it. And I think that um, you know, getting the media attention now, getting the drumbeat going loud. And and bringing these people that need to be there there um, I think is real important. So we're going to continue on the uh, uh, the quest. And um, if Chris calls in, he'll be able to uh, um, to join us. So, um, anyways, is there anything else that you wanted to add to this? Um, I I know as a uh, you
9: know since I've had the opportunity you know family in Colorado to to explore a lot of options is that i somehow in this fight you know if we can get the stoner image off of man don't make me eat a brownie let me take a capsule you know twice a day sure you know just just let me let me have the science stop letting the politics get in the way of of the science and, couldn't and agree I more. Think,
3: I couldn't agree more.
9: And I think we'll all benefit and just keep fighting to give us that uh, are, are living with things that you can't imagine, uh, just a chance to take something twice a day that makes us feel better.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Matt, thank you for joining the show. And um, like I said, next week we're going to open up the show to uh, veterans that have. Uh, experience with the plant and um you know have used it uh or or you know have had a, a have an interest in using it or uh, have a fear of using it um uh, either way um, we're gonna have a show by and for the veterans next week and uh we're gonna continue on uh trying to make sure that chris is able to get everybody there that needs to be there and that we we have that uh world-class showing so thank you for joining us and uh hopefully we'll talk to you next week as well
9: thank you so much for your support
3: you betcha all right again this is matt hill longtime friend and uh comrade of uh chris lewandowski's okay so uh we're about at the halfway point of the show i want to give a big shout out to the coffee party radio network and remember that if you're sitting here on the line and uh one of the guests is um on the phone and you have something you want to say, all you have to do is hang your phone up and call right back. And we have our amazing non-compliant Mary, the screener, doing a fantastic job today. And uh, if you hang up and call back and say, hey, i got something to say, she will put you up in the queue and I'll be able to see it and we'll be able to bring you on. So just remember, uh, also, if you're listening on the computer and you want to call in, uh, it's simple, you just pick up your phone and dial 646 646- Nine two nine two four nine five. 2495 Again, this show is brought to you by the Coffee Party and the Coffee Party Radio Network. And uh, there's programming going on all week. In fact, I was part of a conference call on Monday. We were talking about some new programming that's coming aboard. And uh, tomorrow at noon, there's a show called Lunch with Loudon. It's uh, Janine Loudon. Um, and I'm going to be joining her show tomorrow. And we're... Um, talking about possibly a little co-host venture. So, um, you know, her show is about uh, issues and, um, you know, well-researched issues and a point of view that is based in uh, the truth and not so much, you know, cannabis-related or, or uh, you know, the, the issues that we talk about here, but oftentimes more mainstream and political issues. But meanwhile, um, I offered her... A uh, real point of view That is based in facts Not opinion And um, oftentimes I can present Quite a counterpoint to A mainstream opinion Be it far left, far right, or center Uh, I'm all about The truth and I'm all about common sense And most of today's Political conversation Has nothing to do with either of those It doesn't matter what side of the fence You're on So I'm Looking forward to joining Janine tomorrow at noon on this very same show, or station, I should say, and it's the same call-in number. So if you want to call in and listen or participate in that, that's Lunch with Loudon tomorrow, Thursday at noon. Okay, so we have a bunch of callers sitting on the line right now, and we're going to start bringing up. So we're going to have uh, Geelan Fisher and Lori Murphy from Vegas, and then we have uh, James kirk short from North Cal and and we have tom corby with our norcal report and again if you're listening and you have something to say just call up hang up call back and let us know that you've got something to say meanwhile um kyle catlin is scheduled to call in from state prison in arizona so whoever's on the line if you're talking and a prisoner calls in um we will always upend you for that, and that's just the nature of this particular beast. If you're locked up, you get a voice. If you're not locked up, be glad. You'll have a second chance, and you'll, we'll always get to you. We never turn away a call. We'll run a show long before we turn away callers. So uh, that's just the way we roll out here. So we got Galen Fisher coming up next. And, uh, Galen, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Galen,
7: Joe. How are you guys doing? I'm here with yeah, we're here, Joe. How you guys doing today? I'm here with Lori. How are you guys doing? Hey, no problem. Doing fantastic.
3: Hello? Um, welcome to the show.
10: Yeah, we're just, uh, we got the Vegas report here. You know, all the laws are changing. Everybody's going to the, the bills and the assemblies are trying to get passed through, but it looks like there might be a holdup. Everyone is so excited for these social clubs and they're thinking it's so... So ready to go, and they're gonna roll out. They got the application process started, so the dispensaries can have their own little social clubs connected to them. And patients now have somewhere to go smoke, and they'll they're considered public but not public. Unfortunately, it sounds like Governor Sandoval is going to um, refuse to sign the bill, so he's thinking that the federal uh, repercussions are going to be worse to the state than to let it go through.
3: So much for recreational so out here. The law that was just passed. Um, By the voters, the governor's not going to sign.
10: He's worried about signing it. They're afraid that um, all the federal repercussions now that Sessions is in with Trump, that uh, he might lose too much other things.
7: And let me be clear on uh, what it is, Joe. Uh, Basically, the law permits for uh, out-of-state patients uh, who visit Nevada to have the opportunity to go into a, uh, licensed medical marijuana establishment and purchase medicine. However, uh, there's because of contrasting law that says there is no public use whatsoever. And public use constitutes your hotel room. There is actually no place to consume or use your medicine. If you, you, you purchase it through the legal mechanism.
3: What if you got by the state,
7: and that's about all you got. And, 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 and if, um, that, that and if you have if you have the the luxury of having that, then that works great. But if not, you, you can't do it in the street. You can't do it anywhere on a strip or a hotel. They're not you know, and I, and I, and, I, and for right right reasons, I don't you know, I'm out with kids or something like that. I don't want people you know hanging out, you know, around you know just anywhere smoking and stuff like that. And I hope that everybody is responsible, mindful of that when they're out and about and stuff. Because I know it's, 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 I do it every now and then when I am out somewhere, but I make sure I'm way far away from where kids may be at our public, anyway.
5: public view yeah
7: public view anyway you know uh so what the the bill was it made it through its way through the assembly um and it would allow for um, lounge type areas so people basically a bar where people could instead of drinking liquor they can go smoke or drink liquor i don't know how it would work. well you know
10: mind you they are taking the application money though for this so as of, yeah, of um the first of the month they so you can go ahead and spend your $5,000 to apply and think about your licensing but all in all that's not going to be refundable when the senate or the governor decides not to sign this bill through
7: right not going to understand what the what the, the thing is they're saying they don't want to jump the gun and do anything outside of what it's already been done for us uh, with all this the states that have already legalized or, or decriminalized. It'll be a first almost with the an actual lounge.
10: Right. They just followed Colorado had a similar bill that died same way. The governor refused to sign it because they said, Hey, wait, federal law is coming in right now and Trump's saying no. So Colorado killed their bill to have social clubs immediately.
7: Right. And another another thing that they have on the agenda right now is they're basically trying to get um, right now as it is the law stands only a licensed physician can uh, recommend uh, cannabis for your recommendation required for the state participation. Um, what they're trying to do is trying to get a more broad, a prof- a, a broad uh, angle of professionals to be able to do that physician's assistance. And people are just qualified to go ahead and give the recommendation based on your medical records. And they're also trying to keep the patient rights to grow. It's kind of a toss-up right now, but they're trying to protect them a little bit more. Uh, As I'm reading uh, throughout throughout the news uh, sections, I'm seeing that uh, our state senator, Tick Siegrblum, he's saying it's a 12 uh, plant limitation. Uh, There's a halo period. There's a halo of 25 mile radius of if you're in a dispensary time, but they're saying that it's still a gray area. Well. From my experience, Joe, and you know, you know as well as I do, my experience. The gray areas are those areas that we, you try to stay away, away from. Those gray areas are usually yeah, gray the, areas, the gray are the areas of they
3: snatch you up and put handcuffs on you,
7: and then figure it out, figure it out uh, later on after after they took a few lunches and dinners and stuff like that. Meanwhile, well, put it this way, how do you get gray. gray? You put
3: black and white together, right? Yeah, yep.
7: absolutely. So and that's what it comes down yeah, to: it's yeah. black and white. And,
3: a lot of black and white in that, gray. yeah, definitely. It, it, it seldom works out in our favor.
7: Yeah, heck, yeah. But the best we can do is the best we can do is to you know just maintain and do the best we can as far, far as being responsible, compliant patients, and offer the same to and to our visitors and to you know people coming into town and stuff. Say, hey, you know, there's patients here who have a lot to you know fought a lot fought fought for a lot and have a lot to lose, you know, by behavior. You know, our behavior, we're always monitoring, always constantly making sure that, you know, hey, we're doing the right thing, not only in our eyes, but, you know, we kind of put a a prejudice on ourselves to make sure that we're not being biased against ourselves and stuff because, you know, we may be. So we make sure we don't fall into the same, uh, our own biases, and we say, okay, just make sure we're doing the right thing, and it's also not, we're trying to find a, a way to make it right for ourselves, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, We try to make sure it's the the right, compliant thing to do. the sad part about it all. There we
3: so many people in an effort to be compliant still get sucked up in it. In California, it's you know horrible. I've seen I don't know how many people that have picked up cases that were clearly uh, making every effort to follow our law, myself included, and yet you know when they pick you up, they they basically call you a drug dealer. They basically charge you as though there was no protection. Kyle Catlin in Arizona had a very similar situation where he was going out of his way to uh, follow the law. And when they picked him up, uh, they discounted some of the things that should have uh, precluded him from prosecution. And yet, and those things weren't even, you know, the jury wasn't able to hear the whole story and he was convicted based off of that. And that's, you know, part of the reason that, you know, we're stepping up and filing this amicus brief or filed this amicus brief because um, it was a one of these gray areas, and that was one of the issues that we brought up was that the language of uh, an initiative or a medical marijuana law often is uh, written with a particular intent, and yet law enforcement and uh, the judicial branch oftentimes will – ignore or even interpret it as opposite of what it was intended and i think that that's a big part of the issue that we have is just because you pass a law doesn't mean it's going to be interpreted correctly or acknowledged at all so um these are you know recurring well, dreams and nightmares that we face all over the country now you guys Well oh, that's uh, one of the things uh, we just go ahead
10: uh, it's one of the things we really wanted to really reinstill into the listeners and whatnot. You know, just because you hear it's recreational and let's go all gung ho, double check the laws when you're traveling. Make sure that you are staying compliant. You know, because out here in Vegas, we, we still are very corrupt. I mean, we all have Galen's story to go from, plus many others. So just double check the laws. Well, we, aren't Vegas. The, <laughs>
7: we aren't corrupt, but we aren't corrupt. You know, sometimes. <laughs> but the, the way politics work in, in the city and probably much any city in, in now in, in the metropolis, any, yep. if, if you're a certain age, you know how things go. You're not saying that's, that's right. However, it's not right at all. However, what happens is we get caught up in the gears of what's supposed to be working for us. What's supposed to be working for us, we often get caught up in the gears of and ground up in those same gears that we are basically funding and uh, put in motion to work for us. We shouldn't get ground up in the same gears that we put in motion to work for us. And we voted in uh, measures for uh, 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 recreational, but now it becomes this thing, and Robert, the, the book Robert by Robert Plattstern always comes to mind, Greed and Evil, because it, it, that's what it comes down, that's what, basically what I can see from, from my perspective is that's what it comes down to, just greed and evil and stuff, and sore losers and greed mongers and um you know flip-floppers and just it just becomes we become the 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 meat that gets ground up in the gears that we put set in motion to work for us and we have to I, that's why i like being that's why i love listening to the show because i always get reminded that hey there's a struggle going on i hear craig calling in i hear that beep every time we calls in and it's a constant reminder that the struggle still continues It may they, they can, there's a lot of maps out there, a lot of stuff on Pinterest and it shows how the measure is going forward. And I'm glad for that, but it's still much to do much work to do.
3: Yeah. We've got a long way to go. And, and, you know, it's, it's frustrating when you listen to, um, you know, industry people and, uh, you know, they talk about, you go to any of these shows and they're, you know, busy hyping their legitimacy and talking about how they're doing it right and they're solid and they're good and they're golden and most of them have no nothing to do with the struggle that allowed them to stand where they're standing and most of them will do nothing for anybody who um, is going for this struggle and that's corruption as well. Uh, unfortunately it, it, it transcends uh, politics and and power and, and, and law enforcement and all of that, it, 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 like you say, goes to the greed. It goes to, you know, people uh, looking out for number one and not worrying about what else is going on. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough um, role to be an altruistic organization. Um, we don't benefit anything from ending prohibition except for possibly putting us, ourselves out of business. And as an all-volunteer organization held, it would be great to have more time to do other things. But the truth is, that's <laughs> our goal, is to put ourselves out of business, um, you know, to to uh, restore all the civil rights that we should have, and especially and in including um, ending prohibition worldwide. So um, it's no small task, but certainly the job is not done by any stretch. And, and these cases that... Keep coming forward. We have uh, Michelle Button last week, and she may be calling in again today, uh, fighting a case. we got Chris. We've got – and, you know, frankly, there's a, a, a very small amount of people standing and fighting anymore. There's no small amount of people that are getting ground up into the gears. There's no small amount of people that are getting eaten up by the machine and taking plea deals and ending up being felons or going through arduous probation um, as a result, it's just it's rampant. It happens, you know, 97, 98 percent of the time, probably 99 percent of the time anymore, because I hear of so few cases that are actually going to trial. So, it's so important when you do hear somebody that is going to trial. Um, and, and frankly, it doesn't matter what you think about. There's a lot of people that are so anti-military that they're like, you know what, fuck him. I don't, I don't believe in war. Well, this isn't about war. This isn't about the military. This is about a man who's making a choice. It's the same choice that so many of us want to make uh, that, that have a right to make that, that should be able to make um, and, and and don't let anything sway the way you feel about this guy. I get frustrated a lot of times because people refuse or or don't know how or afraid or whatever to use our our abilities to use our organization as it can be used but when it all comes down to it and a man's going to trial we're going to stand by the guy and 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 we're going to do everything we can we just always wish we could do more and that's you know that's what this is about so um you know if anybody's listening to this show and they're thinking about gee I like to do something then um you know now's a good time to to get involved and uh you know if you want to uh participate uh you know either by helping somebody else get to court or getting involved um, you know, please feel free to come to our website at thsintl.org. It's another new baby site, but it's growing quickly, and I think we've got uh, contact pages up that you can reach us and say, I want to help. So um, that's where it all gets started. All, all right. right, you guys, anything else you want to add to the Vegas update?
10: Yeah, no, I think uh, we pretty much covered the majority of it. I know you got a lot more on the line, so we'll say our goodnights and thank y'all for the time.
7: Absolutely, and everybody be safe out there and have a great night. And definitely, we'll we'll continue to listen in. And um, uh, thank you guys for having us, Joe. All, all it's always pleasant, always a pleasure.
3: You betcha. All right, Galen Fisher, Lori Murphy, uh, Human Solution Chapter Coordinators in Vegas. Thanks for being here. All right, so um, I got a message, and um, I need to find the URL for the fundraiser. So if somebody wants to message that to me, I don't have it sitting in front of me while I'm running the board here. So um, if somebody can get that for me and message it to me, that would be awesome. All right, we're going to uh, bring up James Kirk Short. And he's got a NorCal uh, uh, prefix here, and I I believe he's been up on the line before. So, uh, James, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, I should say.
0: How's it going?
3: It's going fantastic. How's it going with you?
0: Well, I had a lawyer's meeting today with my lawyers and my federal investigator. Okay. And I think we have enough to prove that these were lying when they got on the stand because I actually recorded them and it was supposed to be inadmissible evidence because I did it without permission, but since they all were telling me I was in fairy tale land and what happened was in the last meeting, my Macintosh hearing, the judge started telling my lawyer that he basically got suckered in by my testimony because... I believe my testimony So he was saying that he believes I really believe what I'm saying But it didn't happen And I'm like oh really That's why I have it on a recording I spoke out of turning record So he says, So you have recordings of these officers Saying all this stuff about these crooked cops I said yes I do And he's going to be listening to them on the 23rd
3: Oh good uh, wow. That's actually uh, kind, of, kind of shocking But it's awesome
0: Yes, I think so. I think the judge actually wants to get to the truth. I mean, a couple of these cops that were involved are in federal prison already, but not because they were stealing state legal marijuana; it's because they were also selling the meth that they were taking off their people as well. That's what they got.
3: <laughs> a little thing like that. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Well. Um, well. What? I. I. What, what's your next step? When is the next? Uh, when is the next um, hearing? And and so the the judge is actually going to listen to your recording. So what
0: do you, I mean,
3: what does your attorney seem to think? I mean, does your attorney know this judge? Has he worked with him before, or how, how is that? He said today that he believes that we
0: have enough evidence to show what I've been saying, because I have
3: more than one officer saying
0: it, and I recorded them. I know it's supposed well, to be you know, the
3: illegal. Of it is, is more often than not, judges will look at a defendant the same way the prosecutor does, and and less convinced otherwise. And I and I've sat in yeah. you know more courtrooms than most trial attorneys, um, and I've watched the judges look at their defendants. And sometimes you get a fair judge who just does his job, but a lot of times, and more often than not, I I, I look at the courtroom. Um, where the prosecutor is given grace and the defense is, um, you know, given an uphill battle the whole way. And my case yeah. was no exception. And so to, if this judge is to hear these and the only thing he does is give you a fair shake, then that should be all you need to get to run with it.
0: Yeah. Well, the other thing is,
3: is one of the cops
0: that was involved in this recording – He's also the cop that beat the shit out of me while I was in handcuffs. Well, there you go. The that South. might carry a little weight
3: as well. <laughs>
0: well, um, You've my already my got evidence complete... of
3: that, so that part of it's a foregone conclusion.
0: Yeah, well, they haven't given up the tapes yet, even though it happened in the Sally Port, and my lawyer asked for the tapes to be reserved the day that it happened, that they still haven't got it, got the tapes yet, but... He says he's going to get him through the Freedom of Information Act. He's going to show this cop doing a temper tantrum on me. I'm pretty sure he was on steroids at the time, because when he showed up, he should court be able to time, get through discovery,
3: stopped. though, isn't that? That's part of their case. They have to. They have to turn over all the discovery. I mean, yeah. I know that that's a ridiculous thing for me to say because I have witnessed many, many times that doesn't happen. But, but you have grounds to beyond Freedom of Information Act to get that. If it's part of their case.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure we're going to be getting it. And, uh, yeah, and the other thing is, is this cop, you know, when he busted me, I told the feds, how are you going to keep me in jail or how are you going to put me in prison when it was dirty cops that came and took the marijuana? And this other guy that you're talking about who was not in compliance, I did. Talk to uh because i know the federal aviator that lives here and i told them i think maybe one of the collectives in which i'm that buys the marijuana i think they're shipping some marijuana out of state well i told them that and i even told them about the shipment that was going and they grabbed it well then they turn around and they try to say okay i was part of that too and the the cop that beat me up the reason why he said he beat me up was because that SledNet, which was a task force from Tahoe, Lake Tahoe, they came all the way into my town, and they raided my shop. And um, he said the reason why he'd done it was because SledNet told them that I was involving my son, which I wasn't. Um, they said that I was in part of the shipping, which I wasn't. They can't prove that because I actually never was a part of that. I never did it, wasn't part of it. But um, he told me when It comes out that all these crooked cops Were involved in stealing all this marijuana Your case is going to go away And I told him at that point I wouldn't have any interest in going after him For the assault because I understand He lost his temper over that But I made that agreement with him Before I had to go through two surgeries Because he jumped on me right after I just had my intestines cut open And re-spliced together So he messed me up to where that splice Grew back together So long story short we're talking for about two and a half years and then here comes 2015 i'm living in alaska and i get a call from the feds here that they're still going to prosecute me even though i just went through two surgeries you know so i come back i call box him up which was the officer that beat me up and he says in all these recordings that they're their internal affairs well they were never internal affairs they were just lying to me and the judge is going to hear that too but he told me that Bloxham or Pickles, the prosecutor, was going to try to block all that information and that he wouldn't lie for no dirty cops on the stand if I take it to trial. Well, I ended up pleading guilty to avoid mandatory minimum sentencing because the Macintosh ruling hadn't come in yet. Well, then the Macintosh ruling came in, so then we went to this compliance hearing. Well, during this compliance hearing, that's exactly what Bloxham did. He lied on the stand. He got up there, said he heard nothing about no corruption. He wasn't, never investigated it. But yet in all these conversations I recorded, me and him, it's him saying that these guys are going to go to jail soon, that they've done this investigation. She's done, so the judge is going to hear all this here and they're that's there. So well,
3: there you go. Well, hopefully uh, things will be as they should. And, uh, you know, man, what a, what a brutal road you've gone down. As so many of us have, um, That's why
5: we're here.
3: What we're here to do is bring awareness to it over
5: all this. Well, I mean, they
0: literally beat me in handcuffs knowing I just got out of a cancer surgery because that's another thing. They took all my paperwork when they raided my shop. They took all my paperwork except for my federal lawsuit. I have a federal lawsuit against the feds because. Well, I was in there the first time when I told you I provided for my wife in Alaska and the feds did their little crack down there. Well now they're totally for marijuana. But in the nineties, what was
7: it? It was um no it was two
0: thousand five. I went to federal prison for providing for my wife. She ended up dying while I was still in prison. Well, I started reporting to the prison that I'm bleeding out of my Backside and they told me I had Bleeding hemorrhoids I can get something off Commissary and I'm like I know I got hemorrhoids The pain's up here in my stomach it's not there In my ass excuse my language But uh for two And a half years they told me I had bleeding hemorrhoids I get out of jail and I went to my Family doctor That I've known since I was a child And he tells me I'm about two Weeks from being terminal That I am so full of cancer They have to cut me open right now and that's what They did But I did. I had a lawsuit going, and I had all the paperwork in my shop, and one of the first words out of that cop's mouth, the crooked guy that's in jail right now, he goes, if we put you back in federal prison, do you think you're going to get your lawsuit money? When they left, they took all my files except for that one, but they spread out all my pictures of my site where I was cut open and all my surgical pictures and my colonoscopy shot site pictures. They spread them out all along the floor of my office like basically screw you, right? Well, they knew I was hurt when they jumped on me. So, if I was to have done that to somebody, that would have been an attempted murder, don't you think?
3: Oh yeah, no, they don't have any uh any problem with that kind of stuff. We got and I wish I could say that, you know, I never heard this before, but we've got a a whole, you know, chapter of people that have gone through similar issues and, you know, we've we've seen brutality from law enforcement with these kind of cases, you know, and and the, the, the utter lack of respect for humanity, you know, when they when they left my house after raiding it, they left a shit in every one of my toilets for my wife to see and deal with while I was locked oh. up. Uh, that was yeah. the way it that they be. said F you to me. Um, and they yeah. destroyed things that they didn't have to destroy. And, you know, they, they – they didn't beat me up this time, but you know it, it's they didn't treat me well either, um, and you know it, it's just par for the course for these guys. Uh, it's yeah, unfortunately, totally you know, I hate to paint with a broad brush, but my experience uh, with cops has been more than most people's, and I've experienced very little good and and a, and a lot of brutality. So it, it's just what I've seen. All right, well listen, we've got enough show to give Corby the floor and get our North Cal report in and
7: uh
0: Oh I, I don't uh, know if one more thing I was gonna get out though. Um Yes. The other thing that's gonna be proved here on Tuesday is we didn't get to it yet, but when I pled guilty they're trying to say I admitted to because when they raided me there was actually a whole complex of warehouses that I was attached to. Well I only was in a cultivator for A. Well, there was B and C, and there was somebody else growing in there. It had nothing to do with me, but they kicked in the door in those two places, too, after they used, tried using one of my keys to prove I was running them, too, which I had never even been in there. There was actually DVRs inside that place, and I never was there. But the judge said that I was going to be purging myself because I already admitted this. I said, I didn't admit to anything. You guys had me under duress, and I was just trying to avoid mandatory minimum sentencing, which you said was 25 years. I said, I would have done anything. I said, but no, that's not what happened. And so the the uh, evidence against me was is all the watering charts for B and C, they said, were in my room and that there was a door that joined the two together from the inside, which there's no door. And in their own police raid video, they go out of my warehouse and they go into B, and for just about two seconds, you see them flash past this board. Well, it's the board that they moved out of B and put into my place and took pictures of it. And every one of these cops testified that those charts were in A. Well, on their own own video surveillance when they did the raid, you could see that clearly that these charts were in B, not in A. So They all lied to try to make it a federal case because my grow wasn't even that big until you added the other two warehouses.
8: see what I'm
0: well, saying? Well, there you
3: go. Yep, I hear you. Oh. Well, listen, uh, I, I appreciate your time, and uh, we got another defendant that just called in too, so we've got uh, a couple right. more calls well, I, I before the show's over. And... Yeah, call next week and let us know how that hearing went. Yes, sir. All right, right. you guys have a good night. You betcha. All right, so um, Tom Corby, you're going to have to wait one second. I got uh, Aaron O'Neill, defendant, and uh, he's going to come up and give us an update first, and then Tom Corby with the NorCal report. How is it going today, Mister O'Neill?
1: Hey, Joe, how you doing, man?
3: I am doing well. Welcome back.
1: <laughs> hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
3: You betcha. So tell us, we, we're we're running kind of short on time. We need to cut to the oh, chase. Sure, sure, uh, sure. going on with your Well, case?
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, trial scheduled for August 22nd. Um, motions in limine, you probably heard, August 15th. Um, $4 million lawsuit filed by Matthew Pappas against Eldorado County filed on 4-20-2017. On behalf of Forefathers Farms Collective, um, we're fighting the fight, man. You know, we're taking it to them. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell excellent, you. Excellent, but... <laughs>
3: excellent. No, 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 this is, Let's I mean, just... I, it, it is very good. Listen, I got Kyle Catlin calling in from prison last second, so we're going to run a little long today. I'm going to get back to you as soon as Kyle's done, but he's calling from no prison. No worries. we got to give him this time here.
1: All right. Absolutely. Please give him some time. Bye-bye. Call. now to block this
4: call, and all future calls, press, or say 9. Kyle. Hello. You have a call at no expense to you from an inmate at ASPC Tucson. Three-way calling or call forwarding an inmate's own call is unauthorized and may result in disciplinary action to the inmate. To accept this call, press or say 5. Refuse
3: this call. Hang up now. Five. Watch this call and all future calls. Press or say nine. Kyle, are you there? Hi. Ah, damn it! I hit the button like twenty times. Well, maybe oh, he'll call back. All right. Well, go ahead and continue on.
1: Is this is it? Is it me again? I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. No, you're is you're it, still are you, here. Are you talk- somehow? Uh, oh. I wasn't able to connect with Kyle. I hit the five button like five times, and it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't connect me. So hopefully he'll be able to call okay. back.
1: Yeah. Feel free to cut me off if he calls back. I understand the whole prison thing. I've uh, been someone that's been incarcerated before, so. <laughs> there you go.
3: You you understand uh, how how it all Absolutely. works. Uh,
1: yes, so, I do. Yes,
3: anyways, I do. So. Um, so here here's the deal too. I know uh, you've been working with our team up there, and um, you know if it comes down to it. I know, I don't know how many times I've heard we've got a trial date for this date, and so many times it becomes not that. And I've I've scheduled, you know, you, you guys are just this side of local for me. You're you're not exactly local, but, uh, you know, I, I, I've supported NorCal cases for, you know, forever. And, um, you know, the fact that you got Corby sick uh, means a lot to me. And um, if you guys do pick a jury... Um, I will do everything in my power to get up there. To be um, yeah, no, sure, Joe. I mean,
1: I've I've been through this process before. It doesn't feel good have...
3: to. Yep. Yeah, you know how it goes. Gotcha. I mean, Absolutely, it, dude. It, it... I've already been
1: through a trial. I, I'm not even I'm not even like calling anybody until I pick a jury. I understand all that. I just, you know, they yeah, got this they got this Yeah, once they say, date, okay, we're picking a
3: jury, that's when you know you start making yep. all the phone calls. Okay, it's real. Um yep. to go, Otherwise, <laughs> you know. It's just, uh, uh, I I have spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of trips. Yeah, it is.
1: I think it's it's a strategy. strategy. It's a a strategy to try to get you to wear you down and get your people out, and they get tired of coming. And I won't even, I'm not even going to be, I'm I'm familiar with it. I'm not going to go down that path. So (laughs) I know for sure it's a done deal, and we're going to have a jury trial. And I've already been down the road, so I know the, I know how it works, and uh, you don't have to worry about that, man. <laughs> well, we do
3: have um, a, a functioning calendar on our new website, so if you don't already, please um, get your dates up there so that people can know about it. We, we've we got a new website okay. with the same address, and um, we're we're building this site right now, but we do have a calendar that does work, so um, encourage okay, cool, you cool. to get, get those dates up there. All right, well, anything uh, else you want to say before we bring Corby up for I the did- Cal Report?
1: Just one real quick thing is, like, last time my trial in Underwater County got moved to South Lake Tahoe, which is, uh, has a little more of a liberal, liberal viewpoint, I'm not going to have the trial moved this time. I'm not going to – I'm going up against Judge Wagner, who's been overturned twice in the appeals court. Um, actually was admonished by the CJP for trying to make law out of, uh, you know, to uh, create law that didn't exist. And we're going to do this trial in his home court. We're going up against Judge Wagner. I'm not backing down. I'm doing this in Placerville in their home court, and I'm going to beat their asses silly with my patience, man. Please, if you guys can come, come out. Yep, I'm not afraid. I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it right in their home court.
3: (laughs) Well, that's what we need to do, and we need more people like you willing to take it to them. Um, And maybe this judge has finally got it. You know, judges don't like to be overturned. And uh, the fact that he's been overturned more than once, maybe he's finally getting a, a, a sense of what's real out there. So hopefully that's the case. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe your case will be the one that knocks him over, uh, to, (laughs) to a reasonable place. I I, I would be very excited if that happened. All right. Well, we will talk to you. One more quick thing. And, uh, can I say,
1: can I kick, what's this quick shout out to my attorney, Joseph Tully, go team Tully, man. We're going to win again.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Tully has got quite a reputation. Um, and he's doing a fine job up there. There aren't a lot of, attorneys doing the kind of work he's doing. So uh we're very supportive. Tully's been a member of the human solution and uh we're we're always in his court. So all right. Okay cool. um, and Matthew and Garrett, Matthew so, too. Matthew Poppins. Thank you. Absolutely. Alright, we're okay. gonna try again Alrighty. with Kyle. You have
2: a call that Alrighty, to you from Kyle
3: Catlin.
4: And in at A S P C Tucson. Three way calling or call forwarding an inmate's phone call is unauthorized and may result in disciplinary action to the inmate. To accept this call, press or say five. To refuse this call, hang up now. To block this call and all future calls, this call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. Thank you for using IC Solutions. You may begin speaking now.
3: Haha, <laughs> we got through. I, I, I hit the five button like 20 times. And uh it wasn't uh it wasn't going through that first time. All right, I'm gonna give you the floor. Everybody knows who you are. good evening, Joe, good
4: evening to all the activists
5: and listeners. Thank you for having me on the show, Joe. Uh I only have fifteen minutes for a phone call, so it'll I'll have to call back after uh, my first uh fifteen minutes is up. Uh you know what I love about the human solutions show? It is the most relevant organization out there trying to fix the issues with cannabis prohibition. With the number of states that have some form of cannabis legalization, whether for medicinal or recreational purposes, the truth is that the majority of Americans not only understand what cannabis is and maybe, and maybe know someone who uses it medicinally, but a majority of Americans agree that we need to abolish these draconian laws. This process, unfortunately, has taken a lot of time and money. However, people are being arrested now for simple possession, for helping people obtain marijuana, and as every state is bad at the beginning of the new implementation of a marijuana law arrest for people who believe what they were doing was legal. If one person goes to jail for a plant, then the laws are failing American people. The Human Solutions has found the most important role in this movement, and that is helping people regardless of race, gender, how many plants, or how much cannabis flowers. Once a person has been arrested or charged of a marijuana crime by the state or federal government, their world begins to change rapidly. Some lose their jobs, and some lose their support groups of family and friends. I can, ex- I can speak from experience that my last marijuana arrest... That out of nearly 500 card-holding medical marijuana patients that I had helped during a time when I was paid for their cards, I had zero dispensaries to obtain marijuana. Only a few of those patients still uh, still contact with uh, me today. However, to back up a moment, I remember the first time that I met Joe back in 2012 at the Omni Hotel in L.A. I remember standing there in the hallway at the Normal National Conference and seeing the iconic green ribbon with the red cross at your booth. I walked up to the table and Joe taught me what the Human Solutions is about. I knew at that moment, uh, I, I knew at that moment uh, just what an amazing program Joe had created. In November of 2012, Stacy Tice with Canisense had informed Joe. About what had happened to me, and I asked uh, for some help with the human solutions with my case. Uh, uh, that same month, uh, I met two of the kindest souls inside the courthouse Robert Clark, people as on Bob, on Earl. People that I've never met before, come out of their day uh, uh, to come and support me. Until this moment, I had only my father, Marvin Catlin, and my friend, Corey Stamodelados, to come when they had a chance. Robert and Sean had showed up for almost every hearing for the next three years. Without all that support, I don't think I would have had the courage to continue fighting. The courts would have. sure have a way of draining your money, energy, and your spirit. Now, thanks to all the support from the family, friends, activists, and the Human Solutions, we have a great chance to make a real difference here in Arizona, a chance to stop the arrest of medical cardholders. America has come a long way since 1996 when both California and Arizona passed their propositions, the first medical marijuana bills. Arizona not being able to see that going to effect about 14 years later due to the word prescribe instead of recommend. We need to reunite the activists around the country and show them all proven ways to affect change in their area. Just a simple list of all the different broad numbers of ways we have available such as giving speeches at city hall meetings, neighborhood watch meetings, Alzheimer's and neuropathy meetings. Some people may be afraid to talk to police, but the arrests start with them. We need people who are the face of our communities to speak to them and ask for their commitment in stopping the arrests of people in possession of marijuana. We need to write our entire list of our government branches from our president down to our city council and request that they support a reform in marijuana policy that will stop the incarceration of people for possession of a plant. We need to post the information of those who support and those who do not, so that we can actively change politics by removing those who oppose legalization efforts with those who will work hard at putting an end to this mass incarceration of Americans. We must start, locally to act globally we need our communities to work together. So we, when we try something that works, like a scientist, we need to write this information on an it for other activists to try in their communities, and it can work in other places. No matter how small the idea is, it can grow to be one more tool to finally put an end to prohibition in America. We are so close. Here in Arizona, we have trouble getting all the groups to, get to work together again after the issues that were created due to MPP's attempt to pass a marijuana bill with money as their only the interests, leaving the consumers behind with little to no protections. It was a bad bill, and MPP failed to listen to the concerns of the people of Arizona, and the people saw through it and voted it down. This created a conflict between activists, and caused many groups to stop working with each other. I am certain that this has happened across the country. We cannot afford to continue these disagreements as every day that goes by, more people like myself are being imprisoned, and we are losing our activists, patients, and recreational users, our brave and our selfless people, our fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, our children, and our grandchildren. These unfair and unjust prohibition laws. Whenever there is an opportunity to make money, expect someone out of the group to have an ulterior motive. But do not support a law that does not protect the that does not protect the people. And do not forget that we need every organization's help in this process. That includes MPP. They spent a lot of money to lose that bill in Arizona. Last year, and as long as all the organizations continue to be proactive and plant firm ground, that we want no one to go to jail for a plant. Instead of taking whatever we can we can get, then we can fix the system. Legalization for the industry is not good if it does not completely legalize the use of the consumers. If groups like MPP attempt to pass another bill, let's be at the table and support them as right to what our community wants. But let them know that we will not get that they will not get our support if we do not see a reform bill that stops mass arrest of the American people. A few good things to look for in a bill is does it remove the felony penalties for possession? And if so, at what amount? Then ask does it give parental protection to users so they do not need to fear losing their children solely based on their marijuana use? We need to fight for DUI protections and even DWI protections based solely on the presence of the patelites in our system. We must not forget about all of the people who put the fight to the table and were arrested for helping supply or just for getting high. Look for a part that makes the laws retroactive so we may quash the charges and get our citizens out of jails and prisons and back to a clean slate so they may have a chance again at a good job. Or even the elderly for a good rest home. The possession limit is bully the semantics game. Of course, we should have the right to possess uh, or grow as much as we want of all parts of the genus Canada, growing or not, whether in oils or edibles. The fact is, we need a state to pass a law that allows us to prove to the country that one gram or one ton of marijuana is not dangerous. Until we can show them, most, if not all, states will continue to create limits, and we should not oppose a bill based on a limit unless the amount is too small to be reasonable. This will be based on your opinion, of course, not mine. However, make sure that if there are girl rights, that you may possess the amount that those plants produce, because otherwise, like most of the bills in BP, is passed without removing felony penalties entirely. And we still end up with people going to jail
4: now with all of that said there's more than legal there, there's more than legalization to work
5: on to help the marijuana movement in most
6: states. They can remediate this issue by separating career criminals from first-time offenders, violent people from non-violent people. We need to push legislation into writing
5: Today. These are direct results of a failed prison program. The prison system has been around for a very long time in America, and the system cannot can deny responsibility as inmates and their families have reported these issues over and over. Inmates lose their right to vote, so they cannot correct any injustices, meaning that they are having
4: that
5: meaning that they are having the same exact problems that founded America, and that is. No taxation without representation. And an American's lowest point of his life being imprisoned, they have their constitutional right to vote revoked. Most, by the time they can vote, just want to put their past behind them as they get tired of constantly fighting their case. The days of prison systems not being held accountable for their intentional, cruel, and unusual punishment needs to be remedied to protect those loved ones in prisons for a plan. And for all Americans who have a family member or friend in prison, even if for other crimes, we want to see them come out reformed and ready for society and not worsened and ready to go back to prison. Here in Arizona, we have some of the highest recidivism rates in America, around 90%. This means that our system here is failing the American people and must be fixed because the tax burden is proving to be too much and a waste where the prison makes
3: more hardened criminals. All right, well, that's Kyle Catlin, and he's likely going to call back. We're going to run a little bit of overtime today, um, so don't worry, Tom. You're going to have plenty of time to do your NorCal report. Um, so before we get to Tom, uh, if Kyle calls back right away, we'll jump onto him. Otherwise, uh, Tom's up next. But I did locate uh, the fundraiser page for Chris Lewandowski, and it is on uh, – hang on one second, I just had it, now I don't have it, we're stalling, we're stalling, we're stalling, we're stalling, we're stalling, here it is, um, if you go to Com and Christopher Lewandowski, with a K, K-R-I-S-T-O-F-F-E-R Lewandowski, um, you'll find it, and it says click here to support veteran fighting for life, and So anyways, it looks like I clicked on the thing, and it looks like they've got $1,411 out of 8,000 raised. And, um, you know, there's really only a handful of people that have donated. There's two pages of people. uh, But in the last, uh, well, it's really uh, only been up for a couple of days. So hopefully um, we can get enough people up. Here's Kyle again. We're going to bring him up, and then, Tom, you will still have plenty of time.
4: To you from
3: uh.
4: an inmate, A, C, some. When the call forwarding an inmate's phone call is unauthorized and may result in disciplinary action to the inmate. To accept this call, press or say 5. To refuse this call, hang up now. To block this call and all future calls, this call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. Thank you for using IC Solutions.
3: You may begin speaking. All right, you're
4: still up. Hey, Joe.
5: Okay. Uh, well, about, about 90% of uh, Arizona's prison system are, uh, uh, come back to prison. This means that our system is failing the American people and must be fixed because the tax burden is proving to be too much and a waste of uh, when a prison makes more hardened criminals instead of reformed citizens. The last and most important discussion for all of the activists and listeners to remember is that the moment a person is arrested for any type of marijuana charge is the moment that that person must actively start fighting their case. So before you proceed any further with any type of marijuana activity, you need to find a lawyer you trust to represent you and keep his phone number handy just in case anything ever happens. If you are stopped by the police, the first thing to do, if you broke the law or not, is to remain silent and assert your right to refuse a search. In fact, ask for a consent search form and write on there that you do not consent to a search the paper will more than likely not have a spot to circle that you are refusing. However, by changing that form into a do not consent to search form, then you are leaving a paper trail that you asserted your rights. And as soon as you can, call your lawyer to inform them of the incident. Always remember that if you did actually commit a crime, that if you admit that to your lawyer, then you have removed their ability to protect you. let let your no-
6: lawyer know that you asserted your rights and exactly how the police conducted every part of the case,
5: but do not tell them if you committed a crime Do not lie about something you admitted that happened. Write down every detail that happened as soon as possible. Try to spend a good amount of time on this. This is for your eyes only and will help you and your lawyer argue points later. Just remember that this is your case and the lawyer's. not always want to file motions that you feel is appropriate. When this happens, you must assert your rights. Anything that you do not argue in your case now, you will not be able to argue in an appeal. I cannot stress to you just how important this is. A majority of lawyers, unfortunately, are trying for a plea agreement right from the start. There are great lawyers out there, but do not rely on them plaque on the wall to determine if they are going to truly put in the words to fight your case. And do not expect any lawyer to put in more work than you. If a lawyer has done more work on your case than you have,
6: then you are not taking the issue seriously. If you are having issues getting your lawyer
5: to fight your case and make certain arguments, then you need to first find another lawyer who will fight for you, for what you want, and then request for the lawyer to recuse themselves from the case. It is never too late to do this. I recused two lawyers in the middle of trial. There's never a limit on how many lawyers you can request to be removed. I went through four lawyers before settling with my fifth attorney, which is the reason I am in the appeals process currently, because he filed what I asked for. Now, when it comes to a plea deal, this is something that only you can decide. Never listen to people who say you always deny the first plea deal, as that may be the only deal you get, or the next one is not guaranteed to be better. It could be the same, or well, there is generally more chances plea deal if you do not to take the plea. Uh, uh, if, if you do if you not plan on taking it to trial, I rejected about seven plea agreements. Five were the same exact plea deal that each attorney attempted to get me to sign. Again, in the end, it's up to you to make the decision. In my case, and trust me, no new cases are the same. I am serving less time by taking my first case to trial, and because my last and best attorney fought for a better deal on my second case, I accepted a plea deal on my second case because after... Uh, after a jury trial once I realized that a jury will convict on just convincing evidence and not on your right to beyond a reasonable doubt. I also realized that the courts had removed every opportunity to present a defense based on the fact on the facts therefore removing my right to testify to the facts. Well, Joe, that's all I have right now, and I hope to come on again and go further into depth on each subject. Are there any
3: questions? Oh, well, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, uh, well well said. Uh, you obviously took some time to think about uh, what you had to say, and you raised a lot of very important points that, unfortunately, I think it glossed over so many times so many ways. Uh, I did want to let you know that we did get the uh, – Amicus Cure filed uh, electronically uh, on time, and it was accepted. So um, I wanted to talk about that. Did anybody else get one filed?
5: Um, I I do not know. I have not had the chance to uh, call anyone. Oh. I only get two phone calls. It's so okay. I have not been able to find
6: out
3: yet. Well, I I, I want to uh, you know tell you a little bit about that. It was a much more arduous uh, task than I thought um, when I really got down and started looking at how the brief needed to be structured, and I found, you know, uh, originally we reached out to a lot of people, and a lot of people said they wanted to help, and we had meeting after meeting. We did open uh, radio shows, and when it all came down to it, we found ourselves a week away from uh, the deadline, and it, it, it was kind of, you know, Becca, Lisa, and myself, three board members, my vice president and a a board member, um, that ultimately sat down and nailed this thing out. Um, And I I ultimately was responsible for the legal portion of it. Um, And I did a significant amount of research, but when I started looking at examples of other amicus curiae that were – Written by other you know for other Cases I, I looked at a number of, of Examples of this type Of a, of a, of a document And it, it could have been very Detailed and um, uh, Cited lots And lots of case law and I, and I had actually Hoped that we would be able to do something like That um, but As it came down to it I really Had to get down to the, the Core of the issue and the Issue that I raised um, as as the biggest core was the fact that the voters of Arizona Passed a law with a specific intent And that, that intent was to protect people That were acting in a certain way um, from prosecution And what in fact had happened was the opposite of what was supposed to happen And when a law is written in such a way that was not absolutely clear um, it's supposed to err on the side of the defendant, and I cited uh, the rule that applies to that um, that I'd taken from a law school. Anyways, um, I also cited the something that that the normal uh, brief had used uh, that this case potentially affected a lot of people, and the fact that if it got ruled on, it would it would it would affect even more people in a way that was in line with the intent of the voters. And I didn't want to raise a lot of very specific issues about the case because I didn't feel that that was the place for this type of a brief. I felt that this was more of a broad sweeping issue that had to do with the civil rights nature of our organization. So I approached it from that point. And so even though, um, you know, the actual um, argument and the conclusion were a little bit, broad and a little bit um, abbreviated, I really think that we kind of nailed the point uh, as to why it was important that they review this case, and I respectfully urge them to consider our our opinion, and so I was actually kind of proud at the very end when uh, they accepted the damn thing, because, you know, I'd never filed anything with the Supreme Court before, and um, it took me a minute to get the whole electronic thing figured out. And, of course, the numbers weren't matching up with your case, and I had to go and research your case against the numbers. And um, But finally, uh, literally at zero hour, uh, it got accepted, and um, I, I posted it up, uh, you know, an image of it. So your dad saw it pretty much right away. So that was kind of cool. Um, and I know that... The fact that we did this now tells me that the next time we get an opportunity, uh, we'll be better equipped to do it, and um, hopefully we'll be able to get more support uh, in in doing something like this.
5: That's wonderful, and that's that's really the most important thing is to to, to get uh, in there and give us a shot uh, and and try try your best at it because if it doesn't work this time, there's always enough time that we can do it and we can you know
3: try so I and mean, we can always make we can always add to it. Well I couldn't agree more and I think that, you know, I would I would always <laughs> rather give it my best and fail than sit back and wonder what it would have been like had I tried. And you know uh, that's absolutely
5: it. and uh and I I love the way that you went about the uh, argument because uh, the the case isn't so much about About me but about the Community and about the members Of the organization that That's being represented uh, In the amicus and so uh, uh, The court doesn't want to Hear my argument over
3: again They want to hear your guys' opinion on it Exactly and I I just Included that we joined your um, Your assertion But this was our uh, This was our argument So we did you know I put that we joined your, your you know your motion, but that we were you know this this was where we came from so anyways i i i we now add that to our list of uh our legal clinic as it's beginning to develop, and um you know we're we i consider it a milestone in the human solution international's um uh growth, and I feel that this is gonna lay the groundwork for other uh more involved actions like this
5: absolutely and that's that's uh one of the, the biggest things that uh, we should we should be out there doing is getting everybody to know what we can do what options are available out there i, I don't i don't know if any of the uh local organizations here in arizona even knew about an amicus until recently um and it's such an important thing to play that we can help um many people with if they're willing to take the fight to the Supreme
3: Court. Well, it's virtually the only thing that a group like ours can use um, in something like this without, you know, bringing legal counsel to join yours, uh, it, and, and it didn't cost a dime. I was able to follow it without any fees, and, uh, you know, I think that if we can teach other organizations... Uh, even, you know, in a basic way that this is something you can do if you're willing to put an effort in, um, you know, if there was a dozen of these filed, I think it would carry that much more weight. So that's certainly part of my mission is to educate other people, other groups, as to, uh, you know, when and where this could be applicable.
5: Absolutely, and imagine the impact that we would have in the Supreme Court if all the organizations that are cannabis uh, organizations joined together and everybody started the fight in these court cases and had to stay inside of the uh, court to help progress these instead of just the prosecution winning all the time.
3: I couldn't agree more. Well, that's definitely part of our plan and, uh, you know, it, it's really great talking to you and I know that your words will hopefully uh, be able to inspire others and that's, you know, really kind of you know, the point of all of this is that we're able to take what we do and, and carry it down, you know, pass the torch down a little bit more, and I will do everything I can uh, to give life to those words. Yeah.
5: And thank you, Joe. Thank you for your time, and thank you to all the activists and listeners that making a difference in our community. Thank you. Also, thank you to all of the organizations that have been helping me with the case. Thanks to Joe Grumbine and all the human solutions. Thank Tice and Sense, Della Falk and POW four twenty, John Gettle and A Z for Normal, Dave Wazanisky in Safe Arizona, Eric Johnson and Phoenix Cannabis Coalition, Billy One Hayes.
4: Minute remaining.
5: Billy Hayes and Jason Hine. Thank you all for all you do. Thank you so much.
3: You bet. All right, brother. Well we will talk soon. All right,
5: Joe, have a great day. Thank
3: you very much. Alright, man. We'll talk to you. Take care. All right, bye-bye All right, once again That was Kyle Catlin Calling from Arizona State Prison And we are running long But that's okay Um, We now have time For Tom Corby and the NorCal report And then we'll wrap the show up Tom Corby, you are live on the air Welcome to the show
11: Thank you, Joe uh, Mary, Coffee Party Radio, and all the speakers today standing the ground to end prohibition. No one should be going to jail for our plant. Uh, I want to shout out to Sergeant Lewandowski and Matt Hill for standing the ground. We'll be glad to donate. Uh, uh, I see here uh. uh our new website, uh, getting used to it now. It's about Eric Pierce uh last week. Uh he went to his pretrial conference at eight thirty AM here at number one Court Street in Horville. Uh it's a very unique case. I could probably expound on this case alone for at least a couple hours. Uh cutting to the ch- what happened here uh, first of all, he was just broke down, and he was a victim of a circumstance, just happened to be there when binif came and arrested him, and he spent, like Alex Lyons, 40 days in Buchanan Jail. Think about that. I uh, only spent four days in there, and believe me, <laughs> you don't want to go through that. DDA, Leah, I kind of like her. Uh. She uh, um, finally made uh, a BS plea bargain. It's uh, gonna drop count one, count two, the cultivation and intent to sell, these are charges. And only charged peers with psychedelic mushrooms, which is a misdemeanor by the way. Three months, unsupervised provi- probation, online drug classes and fines, no deal. Will not take a deal he does not feel he's di- guilty uh he's coming with the, the sacrament and mm-hmm. Marshall, judge Riley at this hearing uh you remember judge riley my my uh judge for years he said <laughs> he's going to beard that Marshall said he had no defense for these proverbial mushrooms. If any any PD should be recused for incompetence, Judge he also admitted uh, back when that he's not savvy on cannabis cases. Therefore, uh, Eric Pierce he's pretty sharp. He's doing his own filing, which folks you could do your own filing. Uh, he's filing not only to. A motion to recuse P.D. Marshall which I'm going to get to the calendar Soon I'm getting more information here On incompetency But to extend For further counsel Which by the way The courts must provide Ronnie said no He has to provide his own And pay 500 a month For court expenses This is unheard of So Thank uh, Eric Kirsch standing his ground, like Joe and I said, and take them on to trial. If we all would, they couldn't do it. Also, coming up next week on the same day, talked about them for years. Nick Moran and Alex Lyons both have TRCs at one thirty p.m. next uh, Thursday, uh, May twenty-fifth at one thirty p.m., and that's number one course free. Local court support is always requested. Come stand your ground and bear witness to these injustices that go on inside the courtroom. And believe me, when you're there, they notice you're there. And we keep them in line and narrow. There's just a lot of dog and pony shows, believe me, and wasted taxpayers, time and money and disrupting lives and families. Uh, Mary Donnell, our screener today, is going to be picking up Nick Moran at the airport in Sacramento. He's up with his mom, who came all the way down from Michigan. Uh, uh, Nick Moran now has a Tolly, Aaron O'Neill, the glad to come for Erin too when they picked that jury. Uh, uh, Anyway, don't forget to breathe. I want to mention uh, something. Oh, real quick. Uh, so Pierce goes back uh, uh, May 31st, the end of this month, at 8:30 a.m. and asks a motion to recuse PD Marshall. Okay, so I want to get that, and I'll get that on the calendar. And I don't know if I mention it. Uh, I want to expand just for a little bit on the word advocacy and how huge it is. And uh, first thing, we're we're not we're not attorneys. But we can, uh, when defendants first get out of jail, they have no clue. They usually take plea deals. That's the first thing we say. There's no plea deals. And uh, when we got buzzed my friend Toby, I brought this out. It's so important. Uh, Donna and I thought we were done. And Toby came with a big white pad, and he had a big word discovery. It's so important for defendants and PDs and attorneys to provide this discovery. Now, a police report is your first discovery. And by the way, it's not scary because as soon as your book is online, you just punch it in. And what you want to do, you want to get several copies and start working your own police report and building your case. Uh, When advocating, I believe the first thing, To get uh, defendants on the right track is is don't waste your your 995 motions. But 995 motions are dismissed. And probable cause of search is almost automatic. Uh, So many cases will be uh, one right here. Our our case is still in the higher courts uh, under under those two motions. Uh, I strongly recommend them. Trying to cut to the chase here. Uh, I think that I pretty much covered it all. Uh, I want to thank everybody today for standing their ground, uh, helping to be the solution to deschedule cameras. There should be no schedule and and prohibition. Come join us and help get a solution. Thank you all today. And that's all I would say. Don't forget to breathe. Thank you, Joe.
3: All right. Well, thank you very much, Tom Kirby. And remember, next week, We're going to be doing a veteran show, and we have uh, a bunch of veterans that are going to be calling in both to uh, tell about their stories with cannabis. And, uh, um, you know, we're going to talk about the support of Chris's case, uh, getting ready to go to trial in Oklahoma. So until then, we will see you next week.
11: Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant.
2: Little things I should have said and done You were always on my side.